to my shift working friend. You are an amazing person. And I mean amazing. You're doing all the things that we all have to do, but you are doing it while being a shift worker. So for all my night shift heroes, let me cut through all the stuff you don't have time to listen to and give you lots of practical help for your nutrition, health, and sleep. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Sharko, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and biblical counselor, here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restrictive food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on like I did and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. I hear that getting proper nutrition and being as healthy as you would like to be is not as simple as just flipping what everyone else does during their day over to your nights. Nope, it's not a parallel situation. You have specific challenges that you're dealing with. You know you feel less healthy, you feel less rested, and you feel less fit. But you may feel a bit stuck in this and not know exactly what to do. So I want to help you today. Okay, I know you don't have time to listen to a whole long podcast. So I'm doing something weird today. I'm doing a backwards episode to match your backwards from most people schedule. I'm going to start with the solution and tips that I usually work up to, to give a foundation for, but I'm going to start with the solutions and tips and then go on to give more information for when you have the time to listen to that. I hope you like it. Ready? All right. To make this easy to follow, I have broken down these tips into several categories and I have a checklist just for you that you can download for free at CherylSharko.com slash nightshift or just click the link in the show notes. That is just for you, all right? It's completely free. I mean, anyone can have it and you can hand it out to people that you know and love that are night shift workers if you're not. So let's get started. We don't have time for this. Category one, it's really all, all about the planning and preparation. This is the focus, all right? So number one, plan what you will eat and be as general or specific as works for you, but do it for every shift. Each shift, you want a plan. What is it that you're going to eat? Number two, pack your own lunches and snacks as much as you can. Plan that time period where you're going to be preparing those, bundling them up, they're ready to go, and you can grab them as you're heading out the door. So that planning and packing, of course, go together. Three, you're also going to plan out your sleeping environment and your family needs and activities as much as possible. Again, I'll talk more about these in the second half of the podcast for those of you that need a deeper explanation and have time to listen. Number four, you got to say no to more daytime things. I know you're trying to live a normal life with people with normal schedules, but your schedule isn't that and always pushing yourself to not miss out or worry what people will think if you're missing out. You can't carry that burden as well. So 
I would love for you to become more comfortable saying no to more daytime things. Next, plan a time for the food prep each week. So you're planning out what you're eating, you're planning out exactly what you're taking, but you need time to do that food prep each week. Make it easy. Make it part of something that you're enjoying um, and as energy saving as possible. Number six, have a routine for this. Have a routine for each week if you have the, a regular schedule, meaning that even though you're working odd hours, it's the same each week, or have a time where you know when you have this particular schedule, this day works, this time works. But in any case, plan that time for food prep each week and then have the routine for when and how you plan your meals out, you're doing the shopping, you're preparing the foods, you're packing them right up, and for a routine for when and how you're eating. Get the family involved or get help as much as needed. You know, you might have to spend a little bit of resources or call in favors and get some help as needed. Also, cook and prep in bulk if you can. If you don't mind leftovers, like I don't mind leftovers, I'd rather, you know, spend a day cooking a couple times a week and, and have food that I don't have to think about in my busy days. But I don't really mind leftovers, whereas my husband really doesn't like leftovers. So some people are like that. So, you know, you do you, but as much as you can, think what can be done in bulk. Freeze and properly store them for use or reheating at work. That's always important, you know, with food safety. We don't want to just be leaving perishable foods out um, on the counter without refrigeration. So you're planning. Again, this is the theme. It's all about the planning. You also want to plan out the food that you'll eat at home as much as you can. You know why? You know why? Because you're tired. You will be tired. And one less task, one less thing to think about, it's helpful. And it's really nice to come home to a homemade meal that you've probably made for yourself instead of stopping for fast food on the way home or on the way to work. And your body's going to feel so much better too. And you already might be dealing with a sluggish, tired feeling. You don't want to be adding to that with food that is really just making you feel thick and sluggish and not giving your energy the way you need to have it or giving your brain what it needs. So plan out what you're going to eat at home as much as you can. Now for best results in your health and your sleep and your nutrition, and even in your family life, a weekly schedule is going to be necessary. Again, planning and preparation are your goals here. So what I suggest is that you work on developing a cycle schedule. Now let me talk about this for a minute. Let's say you have... Um, even if your work schedule alternates, it probably alternates somewhat within boundaries. You might have this schedule this week, an A schedule, we'll call it, and then the B schedule, and then maybe a C schedule, and then the B, and then the A, and then the C. In other words, look for those common schedules. And in those weeks, what day can you plan out what you want to eat? What day can you uh, shop and cook and pack up the food? And you're going to keep as much detailed information of what worked for you that week along with that schedule. And you're going to keep that. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel every month. This is a cycle schedule. So maybe you're making the same foods during week one each month. 
and you have similar times of activities and family events and the same social schedule during the first week of every month. Well, obviously this can't be carved in stone. You know, kids have events or social things that go on, but it's a really good place to start and then make the necessary adjustments that you need from there. You can make different cycle schedules for different shift schedules. Again, for example, your A schedule can have this cycle. Your B schedule can have this cycle. Now, if you have the same schedule every night, that makes it even easier. That makes it much easier. So just write down what worked for you the week that it works and repeat that. Repeat it. Repeat it every time. Repeat it every four times. But have a binder there with all the information, with what day it worked best for you to shop, with what recipes were super easy that you enjoyed, that were nourishing, and what you ate when, and then maybe which foods you're eating at home. I know it sounds like a lot, but when you're first developing a cycle schedule, it can be um, seem like a lot. So just take it piece by piece. You don't have to do a whole month's worth. But if something works for you, write it down. Keep all those recipes in one place. Then as you get used to having this and you have several weeks already laid out, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's all right there for you. You're just repeating what worked. You're not rethinking it. Now, you can make different cycle schedules for different shift schedules, as we've been talking about, but you can also do it for different times of the year, say the school year versus summer vacation, or for days when you're working versus days when you're off. Okay, so again, planning, but we don't want to reinvent the wheel every single week. If something works, let's record it and keep all that information in an organized place. Now, experimentation is the name of the game here. Try out one week. I'm not saying do a whole month, just do one week. And if that works, again, write any notes about it. What worked about it? And under what circumstances should you use it again? And then again, keep that in a binder. Have some fun with it. Um, Get your family involved. If you can get them involved in it, maybe they can take over some of these duties for you. That would be very helpful. And then with the cycle menu, the cycle schedule, they have the information they need to step in. They don't have to figure it out. We want to automate your life as much as possible. Automate your life. Even if that means you have a basic schedule to work from and then have to alter it for each specific week. But we want to make things run as smoothly as possible. And again, as I mentioned, in that binder for your cycle schedule, include all the recipes and all the shopping lists with that week's schedule in the binder. Another idea is to like have a family master whiteboard each week. So everyone knows what's expected of them, what they can expect of you, what you need, what your schedule is going to look like. One or sometimes when you're sleeping and off limits, except for an emergency, a real emergency. All right. And so everyone in your house needs to be on board with supporting you. And again, plan, prepare reuse, automate as much as possible. That's category one. That's the emphasis. Planning, preparing, reusing, and automating. All right. Category two, let's talk about what, when, and how to eat. Well, first we want to plan to eat a meal or snack 
every three to five hours. So this likely means three main meals and two snacks, okay? You wanna eat every three to five hours. You wanna eat that first meal within one hour after you wake up. I know this sounds much more regimented than you would hear me say if you were not working a night shift, but it's important to develop these habits to keep yourself nourished and healthy and fit. So eat that first meal within an hour after you wake up. Also, you want to include carbs and protein with each meal and snack. Very important to have both carbohydrates and protein in each meal and snack. Meal ideas are anything that you make for the family. You know, you don't have to go crazy and make new things for you. You're not double cooking here. Store the leftovers, but think in terms of getting protein and fruits and vegetables and starch in each meal. Think in terms of higher fiber, you know, those whole grains instead of the more refined ones. Snack ideas, they contain a protein and some whole plant food. So again, I do not normally make such regimented um, recommendations. And these are just guidelines. So you do what works for you that's sustainable and that you can enjoy. Um, this is maybe I can call it just optimal choices, optimal health, but you're not going to do this all the time. You're not going to do it perfectly. And guess what? You don't need to. These are just some guidelines for you when you're preparing and planning out those meals and snacks for your very busy life. Now, if it's hard for you to sit down for meals and snacks at work, then you want to prepare foods that can be grabbed easily, but have all the nutrition needed. So sometimes in your job, you might have to graze on the pre-planned food. You might never be able to sit down. Um, I know that in the healthcare field, you know, there's a lot of people that don't get to just sit down and enjoy the meal they prepared. So have that in mind when you're planning out what you need. You need something you can just grab and stick in your mouth as you're walking by maybe. Um, plan whatever works for you. But again, planning is key, right? Now for varying schedules, if it helps, you can plan out what you want to eat for two days and prep those and then eat that however you do within two days. And this is because you might need more food on the nights that you're working and you might need less food on the days that you're sleeping more and you're resting. So if you're eating what you need um, within the two-day time period, overall, you're doing a great thing and that might ease your burden a little bit instead of thinking in terms of, well, this day I work a lot and I have to plan this and then this day I'm home. Maybe you can uh, plan two days worth of eating. Make sure to hydrate. Please make sure to hydrate. Women want to be drinking about nine cups a day of water or fluid and 11 for men. So sometimes it's really beneficial to get one of those measured glass water bottles with a straw that you can just grab and sip, grab and sip. Um, and that can help you know how much you're actually drinking. Maybe even phone reminders to help you get enough. Hydration is really important and is one of those things that's easy to forget in this kind of a schedule. And then as much as you are possibly able to do so, do not ignore your hunger signals when you get them. Okay? Even if that means just a small snack to tide you over until you can get to your full meal. But don't ignore those hunger signals. 
And all of this information is included on that handout I have just for you that you can download for free at CherylSharko.com slash night shift, or just use the link in the show notes. Category three, help for your daytime sleeping. This is important because you're sleeping when the sun is up. And if you listen to last week's podcast, which I highly recommend you do, because you're still going to need the information about sleep and good sleep hygiene that's found on the last episode with some adjustments, but you're kind of doing it backwards. So of course you have challenges. So here's a little bit of help for daytime sleeping. First, don't go to bed hungry. Don't go to bed hungry. Make sure that you take care of those hunger pangs and with maybe a carbohydrate protein snack, but you don't want to overeat or drink too much like an hour or two before bed because then you're not gonna be able to sleep well for different reasons. And avoid large meals really late in your shift, or I should say early in the morning when you're about to leave your shift. Try to avoid really large meals and a lot of drinking because you wanna be able to get home, get ready for bed and get in. Also, low alcohol, as I mentioned last week, it really affects your quality of sleep. It might help you fall asleep, but it is not gonna help you stay asleep. Stop caffeine early. It has a very long half-life. So say if you work 7P to 11A, it's good to stop caffeinated drinks around 3 a.m. or you're gonna have a harder time falling asleep when it's time for you to go to bed. Turn off your screens and electronics in the very least a half hour before you go to bed. You know, two hours is better, but that's not always realistic when you're coming off a shift directly to sleep. If you can get a half hour away from screens and electronics, maybe during your drive home, don't pick them back up when you're trying to fall back asleep. It's hard enough because you've already gotten sunlight on the way home. Let's not add the blue light to that that are found in screens. So last week's advice on sleep hygiene still applies, but again, as I said, shift workers might have to make a couple adjustments to it. Um, If you want the sleep hygiene sheet, it will be included in your sheet that you're getting um, for the night shift information. So you don't have to download that one I sent out last week. But because your sleep pressure and your circadian rhythm are now out of sync, and you can listen to the last episode if you don't know what I'm talking about there, but your sleep pressure and circadian rhythm are going to be out of sync, you can break up your sleep into smaller nap after your shift, followed by being awake for a couple of hours, and then getting the remainder or bulk of your sleep before your next shift. Sometimes that works better for people, especially people who are expected to do certain things during the day. Maybe there are kids, maybe there are activities, or maybe you just can't go right home and get a full time, I was going to say full night sleep, but a full shift of sleep. Um, You can just get a smaller nap, get home, get that done, and then come awake for a while getting a fuller sleep before it's time to go to your next shift. Of course, with adults, we want seven to nine total hours of sleep. That's the the optimal. Everyone's different, but that's the goal, we'll say. Just like the nutrition information, that's optimal. That's the goal. It doesn't have to be perfect. That's kind of what we're aiming towards. Same with sleep. Seven to nine hours, that's the goal. That's what will make your body the healthiest and most functional. Unlike with a more typical sleep pattern, you don't want excess sunlight exposure in the morning. But when you wake up, then get whatever sunlight, you know, when when you get your bigger bulk time of sleep done, 
whatever sunlight there is at that time, try to soak that in, get that into your eyeballs. And we want to use that sunlight to set your circadian rhythm to what you need for your life pattern. Now, maybe there isn't sunlight when you get up to get ready for your shift at night. Perhaps you might want to look into a full spectrum lamp or blue light from really bright electronics. The very things that you were avoiding before going to sleep, well, now we want those. Now we want those, that blue light or sunlight or a full spectrum lamp to start off your quote day and set your circadian rhythm in that pattern. You're probably going to have to make a little extra effort for darkness and noise. This might include earplugs, sleep mask, room darkening window treatments, of course, maybe white noise machines, an agreement with your family, right? What is an actual emergency that requires waking? Sunlight can enter your brain even through closed eyelids and disrupt your wake sleep cycle, your clock, your circadian rhythm. Again, that was discussed a lot last week, so I won't repeat all that here, but that's why it's important to really have that room darkening treatments and maybe a sleep mask. You're also going to need to make an extra effort for comfort and coolness in your bedroom and no distractions. That natural circadian rhythm can cause even minor disturbances to make staying asleep more challenging. Try to stay on your shift schedule on your days off. This is the advice everyone hates. And I understand it. You have a day off. You want to live like the normal people. But for your well-being and your ability to function the rest of the week, it is technically better for you to stay on that shift schedule on your days off as much as possible to help improve your sleep patterns overall. Okay, enough said. I'm not going to beat that one to a pulp because I know that's not the favorite thing. Um, Now, getting enough sleep, what does that feel like? It means you feel refreshed when you wake. You're not overly sleepy during the day. You don't need coffee to stay and feel alert during your shift. Some indications that you are not getting enough sleep, well, you could might be nodding off easily when you're sitting still <laughs> for a while. Maybe you're taking a break and you're falling asleep. Um, you might be talking with a friend and find you're dozing off. You might be uh, dozing off during a, a business meeting or a, uh, a conference meeting um, or as a passenger for a car in an hour or more. But, you know, if you're driving a car and you're at a stoplight for a minute and you start getting sleepy, that's pretty dangerous. And that's certainly um, an alert that you're not getting enough sleep. Also, if you eat a meal and want to immediately go to sleep, if that meal didn't include alcohol, that's a good indicator that you're not getting enough sleep. So again, most adults need seven to nine hours of sleep a night and forcing yourself to work with less, it really takes a toll on your health, your body. Sleep is important for your body. So to find out how much sleep your body needs, try this experiment if you're ever able to. Anytime you're able to do this, try it out. It requires getting a vacation, a relaxing vacation of two weeks off in a row. I know, I know, not everybody has that, but if you ever do, find yourself on a two-week vacation that's relaxing, then 
This is a great experiment to do to find out exactly how much sleep your body needs. Now, during this two weeks, you want to try not to use any alarm clocks or any artificial means of staying awake, such as multiple cups of coffee a day. Um, And you want to try to sleep based on tiredness and spontaneous waking. So when you're feeling tired, you're not trying to keep yourself awake to socialize or watching screens that are keeping you awake. Um, so again, this is, an, this is an intentional experiment to do. It might not work, but if you're able to, it's very beneficial. And you want to try and wake spontaneously when your body's ready to, not based on alarms or kids jumping on you or whatnot. And on the second week of that vacation, so you're doing this the whole vacation, but on the second week of that vacation, then you're going to start to take an average of how much you naturally sleep nightly. That will tell you on average how much sleep you nightly need. You took that first week to kind of detox from the crazy schedule and learn how to sleep more based on your tiredness and spontaneous waking. And then the second week is when you're doing the measuring. You're calculating out how much sleep you actually got each night and then taking an average of that. That's likely how much sleep you need nightly. For those of you blessed enough to be able to do this experiment, that's awesome. All right, so there is a danger in continual sleep deprivation. As sleep pressure is increased in the brain and there is increased fatigue when you're awake, well, driving during this increased deprivation is most dangerous. So when you're coming home from work, it is the most dangerous because it's the most dangerous and felt most acutely in the early morning hours. So you amazing night shift workers, please be particularly careful of driving between 2 and 6 a.m. when you're at your sleepiest and both your sleep pressure and their circadian rhythm are causing you to want to sleep. If necessary, take a 10 to 20 minute nap in your car before driving home. I know, again, I'm telling you things you don't want to do. Um, I understand you just want to get home and get in your bed. But if you are really tired, it's far better to take 10 to 20 minutes, take a little nap in your car, and get home safely. All right, last category. And then those of you who want to go and not continue listening, you've gotten everything you need. Let's do category four is just other miscellaneous tips. One, as I've mentioned, cooperation from loved ones, it's really critical. It's going to make all the difference. Next, watch out for overeating when you are at home. Sometimes we binge more at home when you've gotten through the shift. Either you weren't eating every three to five hours like we talked about, so now you're hungry because you're not feeding yourself enough while you are working, or you just kind of feel like I deserve it, or I'm stressed about my schedule, or you're lacking sleep and that can cause you to overeat. Listen to last week's episode for what the connection is there, but you wanna try to watch out for overeating at home when you are home. Try to use routine and use your hunger and fullness cues to guide your eating. Also, please, please, you know me by now if you've listened at all, don't crash diet. Don't crash diet. They these diets do nothing but cause health and well-being problems in most cases over the long term. You don't need to do that to get health. And you and also 
Also, don't do exercise before bedtime. Don't stop at the gym on the way home to get your workout in. You want to leave at least an hour, but two is better after exercising before trying to sleep. But with that being said, do try to get some exercise or intentional physical activity in most days of the week as part of your daily routine. Maybe the best time is before you head out for your night shift, somewhere between your sleeping and your leaving for work. Try to get some physical intentional activity. It could be a brisk walk for 30 minutes, five days a week. If you can add in a couple days of some resistance work, you know, your major muscles or uh, weight training or resistance work, use those bands, whatnot, but start slow. Start slow. I'm not asking you to start out with 30 minutes, five days a week. That's again, the optimal goal. That's what we're getting to. Um, Start slow and build. And remember, you can break this up throughout your shift. You can do short bursts of activity during your shift. You could take a 10 minute walk. You do that three times a day. There's your 30 minutes. It all adds up and it can increase your energy and your health right during the shift that you're already on. Getting outdoor activity before your shift and after that last sleep, that final sufficient sleep, that can help with not only getting physical activity, what your body needs, but also getting some of that sunlight in for your altered schedule, helping you get some vitamin D from the sunlight. So getting outdoors activity kind of combines a few different things if you're able to before your shift. It is very important. I am giving very specific guidelines. I don't actually like to do this in general. And so I want to keep emphasizing, this is just optimal goals that we're looking at and heading towards in general. Perfection is not required here. And so the next tip I want to say is to avoid all or nothing thinking. All positive actions add up and all positive actions help to improve your health. You do not need to do these things perfectly, either in nutrition or in sleep. Start with just one, two, maybe three doable goals, and that's it. That's all you're starting with. And you're going to work towards just slowly building new habits into your life. You don't want an instant overhaul because A, that is extremely stressful. That's going to upend a lot of things and most likely won't be sustainable because you haven't trained yourself in those habits. Improvement is the goal, not perfection. Stick with the small changes and build on them for lasting success. Use all this information to tailor them to your, use all this information to tailor it Use all this information and tailor it to your needs, your challenges, your schedule, etc. And make sure to time block for nothing. Plan times for nothing. For rest, for fun, for goofing off, for watching TV, whatever. Plan blocks for that. And most importantly, Most importantly, make your spiritual growth a priority. It's so easy to forego daily Bible reading and prayer and fellowship when you feel you're in survival mode half of your life. But as a Christian, there is no peace without walking with God. And there's no earthly or physical remedy that's going to bring you the peace and rest that you ultimately need that is found only in Christ.
Now, as I mentioned at the beginning, I kind of flipped this episode. It's a backwards episode so that the tips and suggestions came first because you might not have time to listen all the way to the end. So I hope you found these health, nutrition, and sleep suggestions very helpful. Uh, Take them to heart, but don't be, let's say, perfectionistic about them. It's not all or nothing. It's just those are optimal goals and we're developing slowly these behaviors into our lifestyle. Begin to utilize them to form these new habits over time. And don't forget to get your free checklist of all these tips and suggestions so you can be working at them at CherylSharko.com slash nightshift, or just click the link in the show notes. Be safe out there, my friends, and thank you for doing what you do. And for those of you who want some more information about how shift work can be a health and nutrition challenge, well, stay tuned as I get to my backwards content right after this quick break. There's a lot of new stuff going on over here, starting with our newsletter. Each week, you can expect some cool stuff like behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, of the online program that's coming out in a few months or updates or any free resource, well, those go directly to our newsletter subscribers. So don't miss a beat, a pod, or a peek by signing up for the free email newsletter at CherylSharko.com slash newsletter. Well, this is a backwards episode, meaning that I gave all the suggestions and tips at the front end so that those with a backward schedule could get what they needed fast. But you might want to hear how I would have discussed the topic of shift work and health in a normal episode. So let me introduce some research findings on the health and challenges of those who have these odd hour work schedules, especially the overnight shifts or even more challenging, the alternating schedules. Now, unfortunately, shift workers do tend to have a higher risk of what are called cardiometabolic diseases, such as increased triglycerides and decreased good cholesterol, um, increased risk of something called metabolic syndrome and obesity and chronic diseases like diabetes, hypertension, atherosclerosis, which causes hardening of the arteries, even some things like breast cancer and heart diseases. And these are mostly caused by poor nutrition, sleep quality, and that circadian rhythm misalignment. But the good news is that two out of the three of these causes can be changed, right? We can change our nutrition. We can change or work on our sleep quality. And we can work on that circadian misalignment if it's done with intentionality and consistently with care. Now, as far as nutrition goes, research shows that shift workers often eat more snacks, drink more alcohol, and sugar-sweetened beverages like sodas and juice, and eat more of the refined sugar foods. They tend to eat more dietary fat and have more irregular eating patterns. Research also shows a lower fiber intake and diets that can increase inflammation in the body, which we call pro-inflammatory foods. Focus on adding lots more fruits, vegetables, and whole grains to your diet, as well as more plant-based proteins and leaner proteins. This alone, these adding more of these whole plants to your life, this can make such a huge difference in your overall health. 
And that is particularly important for shift workers who might need these easier solutions. So maybe instead of a baked good from the vending machine, you bring something that's made from whole grains or grabbing a fruit or a vegetable snack, but something again that you can enjoy. Now, other health issues that shift workers are dealing with that may be a little more problematic than the rest of us hormone issues, hormone changes. And I don't mean your estrogen, your testosterone, which is what people normally think of. The four hormones that are most affected in shift workers are melatonin, cortisol, ghrelin, and leptin. Let me talk about these for a minute. If you listen to the last episode, you've heard these mentioned before and described But melatonin, that's what helps us to fall asleep. And it's really affected by the circadian rhythm disruption in shift work. It's produced as a response to darkness. So when shift workers are exposed to light throughout the night or during the day when they're trying to sleep, their brains might produce less of it. And now cortisol, that can be produced in higher amounts in shift work. And that's going to affect different issues within the body. And also too much cortisol, it puts us in a fight or flight state more often. So you can see both the melatonin and cortisol being affected really affects the sleep. But also let's talk about how these hormone changes can affect appetite and eating. Well, if you listened last week, you learned that ghrelin is the hunger hormone. It signals that we need to eat, that we're hungry. Well, in shift workers, there can be too much ghrelin produced. So there is often a feeling of hunger more often, even even though we don't physically need the food or the fuel for our bodies. And then as a one-two punch, leptin, which is the fullness hormone or the satiety hormone, that's what lets us know we're satisfied, we can stop eating comfortably. Well, when we have poor sleep, or not getting enough sleep, the body's making less of that satiety hormone. So you can see these extra challenges for shift workers. There are also some lifestyle or practical challenges in shift work, as you can imagine. Now, you know how hard it is. Now, everyone can imagine how hard it is to put the energy and the effort into healthier lifestyle behaviors, planning out food, preparing it, instead of just grabbing something, we can all understand that when you have fatigue induced by sleepiness, it's harder to allocate energy for those changes and those kinds of healthy lifestyle behaviors to be adopted, right? So that is a specific challenge for shift workers. Also, there's a sense of well-being and health that comes from wonderful, healthy, loving relationships. Those can be affected in night work because everyone else's schedule is opposite. All the events, all the get-togethers, those happen usually based on a regular nine-to-five work or just being home. It's not often conducive to shift workers. So there can be that challenge and that factor. Also, resources can be limited. When you need to pay people to take care of your children, you need to pay for extra help with food preparation or many things that um, you might need extra help with for a night shift, 
that can put a strain on the resources. And so that can be a factor as well. Another factor is transitioning from shift work to days off. That's challenging. And it's really tempting to try and keep everyone else's schedule for social reasons and just to enjoy your life when you have a day off. But the consequence is that this can upset the overall sleep pattern. Most people who think they don't need seven or more hours of sleep are probably and usually pushing themselves and they can end up at higher risk for obesity and chronic illnesses. So we might just muscle through it and feel like we're making it work, we're fine, we only need five hours of sleep or whatever, but there are some consequences occurring. And if we don't get enough sleep, the need for sleep builds and then we'll have to catch up on our sleep. Now, you don't have to make up hour for hour what you're lacking, but adding sleep to the weeks that you have been deprived, it's really necessary. That being said, it is actually far healthier, research shows, and it's safer for you to develop regular adequate sleep patterns than to try and make up for the lost sleep every couple of days. Now, again, if that's all you can do, that's great. Make sure you're making up for that sleep throughout the week whenever you can. It's still very necessary and very beneficial, but it's even better. It's even healthier to develop these new patterns that you can stick with. Now, melatonin, there are inconclusive results as to the benefit of adding a supplement of melatonin. You must work with your doctor on this. Um, it's not always the best thing to do. So again, work with your medical professional on that. I often spend a good amount of time helping people to relearn their hunger cues, their fullness cues, as God designed. Another cue that God has given us is our need for fellowship, that loneliness when we, we are drawn to be with other people. And also tiredness. Let's add tiredness to the list of God-given signals. Unfortunately, like with all the other signals I mentioned, Tiredness is one of those God-given signals that we often override and teach our bodies to override. But just like the other signals we override, with tiredness, we can retrain ourselves to recognize and live by the tiredness signals. There will be improved health in all these areas, but today we're talking about tiredness and sleep. So retraining and relearning is very important to live by these God-given signals. Now, if someone you know struggles with their health as a shift worker, send them this episode, um, whether it's through social media or just downloading it, sending it, or just referring to that, but get them this episode so they can get some practical help. And if you're a shift worker, make sure to download your tip sheet at cherylsharko.com slash night shift, or just use the link in the show notes. And again, that's free. And add these suggestions to your life but you don't need to strive for perfection. Making new habits, it takes time and patience, but these suggestions can make a world of difference in your health, your well-being, and your nutrition. And what I want you to remember most of all, I always read the scripture at the end, but keep in mind it's by God's grace alone that we even can obey these scriptures. So we need to ask for and rely on God's grace to follow scriptures, even such as 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, 
do all to the glory of God. And remember, it's faithfulness that God is after. So my night work shift sisters, be safe out there. Take that little nap if you need to. Start implementing any of these tips that you like to, to automate your life, simplify your life. And thank you for all you do. I'll see you next time. Ladies, if this topic or any other podcast episode has been valuable to you, please help me get this information out to others who could benefit from it too by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast and sharing the episode on your social media. Or you can always come to any of my socials and like, comment, and share that way. This helps other people know it's important information that can benefit them as well. Thank you for helping.